Welcome to episode 6 of the We Can See You Sneaking Out podcast. There was no episode last week as I was away on holiday, but we're back at it this week. Um, last week I did tick off a new ground that I haven't been to before. If you listened to the last episode, you'll have heard that I was going to Altrincham versus Gateshead in the National League. Altrincham's ground, the J. Davidson Stadium, is a really good little ground. I actually did hospitality with my dad and we had a really good day. The ticket was about 50 quid and for that we got a free bar before kickoff. Um, so we arrived at 12.30 and did our best to make some of our money back by having a few beers. Um, before the game, whilst ensuring that we didn't drink too much, we wouldn't remember the game. Um, we got a burger and chips for our meal, free programme, the team sheets came out about an hour before kickoff, and we also heard from the Altrincham manager and an ex-player as well. The game itself was decent, quite end-to-end, with Gateshead winning 1-0. Uh, big shout-out to the Gateshead fans who were in good voice in an uncovered terrace behind the goal, and one particular lad who had his top off for the majority of a very wet afternoon. Um, but a good day and definitely worth a look if you are in that area. I've done hospitality at a few different grounds now, and whilst it's not quite the same as being in the away end, um, a little taste of luxury is never a bad thing. Also, we won the golden gold draw, so we got 40 quid cash and a 50 quid Domino's voucher, so that made the day a bit sweeter as well. This week, our guest for the podcast is Birmingham fan Tommy from the Blues Focus YouTube channel and podcast. Uh, the links to his channels are in the description below. Tommy speaks about his experiences of following Birmingham, and it's fair to say there's been some highs and some lows. He tells us about watching them win a cup final at Wembley, but also the difficult decision to stop going to the games due to disagreeing with how the club was being run. He also includes a story about going to Millwall. I've never been to Millwall, but they obviously come with a reputation, and it's well documented how intimidating it can be. So it was good to hear about his experience of that. And we discussed the unusual experience that he had of being at the game when the Birmingham fan entered the pitch and assaulted Jack Grealish. Um, again, something that not all fans will experience. Thanks very much again uh, for listening to the podcast and continuing to support us. It's very much appreciated. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the podcast and keep sharing it with your pals or anyone you think who might enjoy listening. Um, enjoy episode six. Take care. And I'll speak to you all next week. Okay, welcome to another episode of the We Can See You Sneaking Out podcast. Uh, this week I'm joined by Tommy. Tommy is a Birmingham City fan and part of the Blues Focus, Blues Focus podcast <laughs> channel. Uh, Tommy, welcome. Nice to have you along. It's great, yeah. Thank you for having me on. That's okay. Really looking forward to hearing some stories from you traveling around to see um, Birmingham City. And I guess just to give us a bit of context to start with, could you just tell us how you came about supporting Birmingham and how long you've been supporting Birmingham maybe? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm Tommy from the Blues Focus YouTube channel uh, and podcast. Uh, I've been a Birmingham City fan all my life. Uh, my dad was a Blues fan. His dad was a Blues fan. Uh, all of his brothers were Blues fans. And it's kind of just like how it is really in the family. So it's never been a question of whether I was going to support somebody else. It was like a, a demand from a very young age that you were going to support <laughs> Birmingham City, yeah. whether you liked it or not. Um, but I've, I, honestly, supporting the Blues is still the best thing in my life. Um I know you can't see this, this is only on audio, but my room is 
littered with blue shirts all over the wall and everything but um yeah it's been a massive part of my life and everything around it really has been like an interest of mine I do a podcast on the blues uh, I'm doing a sports journalism course next year so that was mainly influenced by the blues in the end but um literally like the whole thing around the club is literally my life and I can't imagine not supporting them at this stage yeah that's great <laughs> that's great I'm sure lots of people will relate to that and I think it's Actually, not the first time that I've heard it, that people from going to football have been inspired to use that in terms of shaping their future career. Mm. No, it literally is. It's like in something that I could really thrive in and really get interested in. It's literally perfect career choice, really. Yeah, and I guess it's a lot easier, isn't it, to, to find motivation or passion for a role if it is linked to something that you, you know you are so fond of. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, so as you know, this is a podcast based on away days. So um, I know that you've been to lots of away days in your time supporting Birmingham, but can you remember your first away day that you ever went to? Uh, I actually have two away days, which I know sounds strange, but I'll, I'll explain. Uh, my very first away game was a friendly between Forest Green and Blues. Um, okay. We won 1-0. Uh, Gary O'Connor scored in the last minute. He went around the goalkeeper and stuck it in. And... The first proper away game that I went to was in the league against Bolton away. Uh, we just finished ninth in the Premier League. Uh, we lost 2-1 there and Christian Benitez, God rest his soul, uh, missed the penalty right in front of us and then sort of scrambled around the box and McFadden managed to stick it in the, at the back post, but we couldn't get an equaliser. It was too late towards the game. But yeah, that was the very first away game I went to. It was the uh, league game against Bolton on the last day of the season. Okay, and but but you did go to a friendly before that at Forest Green. Yeah, it was the season before. Um, so it was the oh eight oh nine season that first away game. Um, and we sat in the home end as well, which was strange. Um, okay. we couldn't get tickets for the away end. Um, but uh, it was just like a casual, pretty sound away game. I mean, Forest Green's a league side; they're a, a national league side at the time. Um. Yeah, it was interesting because I'd obviously never been to an away game before and only been at the Blues. Um, understanding like how different away games are to home games. When you go to those games, it's like, you, I don't know how to explain it really, but even at a young age, you always kind of knew that you were away. Like When you hear that roar of the crowd from the away end when they score, it's you imagine it to sound different when you stood in the away end looking back at the home end. You expect it to sound still like the home end does, but it sounds it sounds like they're the away team still though so it's it was a weird confusion in my mind when I went to that Bolton game but at the Forest Green game I was kind of like oh this is just like a normal home game I suppose but it's only because I was stood in the home end <laughs> yeah and Forest Green's a vegan club isn't it did you see any of that can you remember anything about that I don't really remember I mean I'm a I'm a vegetarian myself um, oh right but I'm not a vegan um so there's two little differences between us there <laughs> um but i don't really remember it at the time i mean they've gone it's become like a part of their identity now hasn't it yeah um but i don't really remember it much at the time um i assume there was because uh, the owner's always been big on it and everything um but i don't really remember it at the time but yeah I, I respect them for doing it it's an amazing thing to do as part of their club identity yeah I I agree, and I guess quite a challenge as well, given how important nutrition is for mm. not just fan, uh, not just players, but I guess for fans as well, isn't it? Part of going to a game is getting, you know, yeah. a steak pie or whatever it may be. So I imagine that's it's quite a difficult sell. Mm. 
You can always have chips though, so that's the uh, <laughs> that's a big help for us. <laughs> so that first game at Bolton, um, and I guess then at that time, certainly more recently, that was sort of the the glory years for for you Birmingham fans, and probably the the, the best times you've had more recently. Yeah, that two-year period from 2000... Actually, no, I'd say three-year period, actually, from being in the Championship to going to win the Carling Cup in 2011 uh, was just remarkable. We, were, we weren't the best team in the world, and I get playing that, that style of football wasn't great at the best of times, but we went on, like, a, I think it was a five-game... We might have even been, like, six-game winning streak and a 12-game undefeated run in the Premier League. And that was insane. That was like experiencing that. Even I was like, what, seven at the time? Um, knowing that at the time I was like, wow, this is like proper good form. And Blues have never done this before. This is, you know, the best, <coughs> the best form we've ever had in our lives. Um, but of course, in typical Blues fashion, then we went on to win a cup. You know, going into Europe, and then um, of course we get relegated afterwards, and we've <laughs> been punished ever since. <laughs> <laughs> So from those sort of early days, was there anything in particular that like drew you in and and to the away day experience? Was there anything that you thought, wow, this is this is different? I definitely want to get to more of these. Yeah, definitely. The um, I think at the time I was a bit too young to still be going to away games, and also it was a bit expensive at the time as well because hmm. uh, we were we were a young family at the time, and um, you know, just trying to go to the home games really. I think was trying to get us into the flow of going to the Blues. Um, and it didn't really come until like like a few years later when we decided to uh, start going again, um, because obviously all the Carson Young stuff we got decided to stop going and stop buying a season ticket. But we went back after um, Gary Monk became the manager, and I rest- and I started this Blues Focus channel, which was called BCFC Followers at the time. And I feel like we just decided that we were going to get a season ticket for the next season why don't we start now? Let's go to some of the away games and some of the home games towards the end of the season. And it kind of become like a superstition for us because we'd been watching the games from home all these years. But mm. then when we started going again and to every single game, we started winning every single game. So it was like, right, we're going to every game now. We went to Bolton away again in 2018. Uh, this time we won though, where Lukas Djukovic scored. That was utterly insane that night was we took about 5,000 away fans all the way okay. to Bolton it was like a Tuesday night game or something the atmosphere was incredible we um, scored right before half time I remember we were celebrating there was just this bloke that just come through like the <laughs> the side of me and my dad just like where the hell's he come from it's <laughs> crowd surfing down the front <laughs> um, yeah it was insane like we're singing Kate Ryan after we scored the goal and like the uh, it was a Bolton fan who was filming it from the um, from their end and it's just right. like it's like some something out of a, a choir or something. It's amazing. It's like proper atmospheric, such a passionate sound to everything. It was like, yeah, this is this is blues. This is, and that's the that's the away end we took for those few years, really, because we then like a couple of months down the line, we took um, about five thousand to Wigan as well towards the middle bit of the next season, and that was pretty much a, that was a similar night actually, or a similar afternoon. Because the atmosphere was incredible and the fans were just turned up in massive numbers. Yeah, you know that's that that was kind of like the away day experience. I was used to like taking thousands to an away game and singing and just laughing and having fun. Even if we didn't win every game, it was just having a laugh really. And that's it, it takes the pressure off the home games really because 
you can just chill out and have a bit of fun on those white days. They're, they're yeah. Good yeah. Yeah. I've said it before. I think there's lower expectations, isn't there, in terms of yeah. the result as an away team, you're often not, you know, not the favorite to win because you're away from home. And like you said, that takes a bit of the pressure off and means you, if you do go home with the win, it's almost a bonus, isn't it? You're going to have a good day regardless. Yeah, exactly. Whereas yeah. if you, if you get beat at home, it's, can be a bit more difficult. Mm. So can we just talk then? You mentioned you stopped going because of what happened with Carson Young. So for people that might be, you know, not sure of, of what all of that was about, could you explain that to us a little bit? What happened? So Carson Young was the owner from 2009 up until we won the Carlin Cup and got relegated. And he got caught out for basically money laundering um, mm. through the club. Um and he took over the club a couple of years before, obviously, in 2009, uh, but was always sort of around the club beforehand with people like um, David Gold and Sullivan, and they were trying to take their share off of them. Um, and, yeah, they, they, it came as a shock to us because we'd just gotten relegated, and then all of this came out about the fact that we were now pretty much just, like, broke, had no owners and had no money. And then I think it was literally the day after as well, Alex McLeish, our manager, went to Aston Villa as well. Oh, so we'd had like the worst possible week we could possibly imagine. We got relegated. We've got no money for the next season. We, we didn't even have a kit at one point or, <laughs> or a sponsor. And then our manager has left us to go and join our biggest rivals. It, was, oh, it just destroyed me. But yeah, I think it, that was pretty much the reason why we stopped going afterwards because we went... We went the season afterwards. We still kept our season tickets. We went um, uh, in that season. We were in Europe in the championship, which was ridiculous at any point. But we still did pretty well, actually. We we did all right. We were a bit unlucky not to go through in the end. Um, and we also finished in the playoffs, but couldn't get up. We lost in the semis to Blackpool. And, yeah, we kind of fell off afterwards. But I feel like we stopped going afterwards. It's mainly because of that reason. Because do we want to keep on investing into a club where those people are still hanging about and you know the team's probably not going to get any better at any point so we'll just watch from home instead and that's kind of the thing that we did in the end which was disappointing because we'd been so connected to the club and then we were very disconnected to the club afterwards um but that's just how football goes sometimes you know when you've got like um you, you don't want to be supporting a team like that and that's a difficult decision to really stand by but I'm glad that we did because those couple of seasons after we came back uh, with Gary Monk were fantastic and I feel like we probably deserved that really in terms of the way that we um, we, we stuck with the club but even away from going to every single game, really. Yeah, and as you said, that must have been really difficult, I think. Mm. Certainly at the moment we're seeing it more and more, aren't we, where there's people are buying football clubs or becoming owners of football clubs and it you know their background is is maybe challenging fan morals a little bit isn't it and it's it's becoming like an ethical question whether you should continue to support your team if you've got dodgy owners mm. and unfortunately it seems like dodgy owners will continue to to be able to to come yeah. into to the game in England so it doesn't look like that's going to change but I can appreciate how difficult it must be to make that decision to say actually you know what we're not we're not going to support them mm. you know we don't we're not aligned with their values or their morals, etc. And they're not the club as well. They are just investors. We're the club. The fans yeah. are the club. The stadium yeah. is the club. Yeah, you know, and that's that's all that really matters, really. And if if that's going to be taken away from us, then we're not going to go. Simple as. And we're going to go when it's back to how we want it to be. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So do you have a um a particular routine when you're going to away games? Do you like how do you travel? Do you like to get in the ground early? What sort of things do you do? Yeah, well my dad drives us everywhere pretty much and he's been right. incredible really in terms of just you know, getting us the tickets and everything and driving us thousands of miles each week, really, because we live up in the north as well, so we have to travel for um, home games as well. Um, All right. We live about 60 miles away from the ground, so it's a good hour and a half trek pretty much down to uh, the, the game anyway. Um, but yeah, we, we, we always arrive roughly about an hour before. Um, always in around the ground. We don't really use, we don't really go into pubs or anything, although I do like a pub, but <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know. It's a different vibe on match day. And I always feel like, um, <laughs> I always feel like I'm going to get my head kicked in it sometimes, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I always stay around like the stadium and everything. And we sort of, um, we head in and we have a chat before the game. So it's quite chill. It's quite calm. I might change it up if I decide to go with like friends or somebody like that. Um, because obviously I've got friends from the podcast and everything, uh, yeah. but we don't go to the games at the moment together. Uh, but I feel like if I do go to the games with more friends, then I might go to like pubs and stuff, and you know, sort of just spend the time in there before. But my dad's like, I'm not trying to talk down to talk down to my dad about how old he is, but <laughs> he's fifty two now, so he's probably more liking the idea of just having a pie in the ground and a, a drink, and then <laughs> going to watch the game and having a shout at the players because. We are pretty shit at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and how is then, you mentioned that obviously there's been, in those early days you went to a couple of games with a large following. And, I, you know, I always mm. remember Birmingham City as as passionate fans. That's my perception of them. So yeah. what, is the, what is the following like at the moment? Well, you're absolutely right in thinking that's what we were like because 100% <laughs> were. But... Um, I don't blame the fans for feeling how they're feeling at the moment because it's the reflection I have as well. You know, it's apathetic, you know, because we're so beaten down by so many things that are out of our control in the past few years. If you were to reflect on the things, if you were to take away everything that happened behind the scenes and just have the things on the on the pitch, we'd still be okay with the team, you know. We we can put up with terrible games because we're, we're a, a humorous fan base. Yeah. Um, we were losing 3-0 to Watford the other week. Um, we travel all the way down there on a Tuesday night. Keenan Davis, an old Villa player, had just run up to us and shushed us when he scored. Oh it, was just, it was awful. That he, He'd done it before in the last season for Forest and done it really aggressively as well, which really riled me. It just really bored my piss that day. <laughs> but um, we were just literally, there was a couple of fans towards the back of us just singing... Um, I would rather be a sausage than an egg and just <laughs> singing along to that. It's just like <laughs> laughing about things and just taking the mick really. And that's what be the... a sausage and an egg. Yeah. Just singing. That, that, where does it. that come from? <laughs> I've absolutely no idea. It's just one of those, because <laughs> obviously we're three nil down and we can't really sing anything rather than, I don't know, we're shit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> just singing that. Just that. I'll just sing that instead. It's like, it's just good fun really. And like, it was it was nice towards the end of that game because it'd been an horrible game and the fans were just like, oh, not this again, you know, losing again. Team's crap on the pitch. Team's awful off the pitch. We've travelled all this way down for a 3-0 loss on a Tuesday night in Watford. You know, it's just, it's awful. It's like, why would we want to even try and make a day out of it? But there's still some people in there who've got a good sense of humour, which I really appreciate, really, because it was an awful night. It was horrible. <laughs> so, so are Birmingham still taking a good following then? Yeah, for the position that we're in, we took about just short of 2,000 to QPR on Saturday. 
Um, I mean, considering the position we've been in for the last six years, we've not finished above 17th for those last six seasons. And we've not been relegated either in that time. So we've been in pretty much the exact same position for the exact same season. Mm. It's like we still take a good following. We've still got a passionate fan base who still cares about us. The home games are a little bit difficult, but there again, home games aren't always the best games to go to. But it's, it's the position we're in, really. And the fans that we still keep attracting, it's fantastic. You know, Yeah, I don't really know how we've managed to keep it up this long, really. <laughs> it's amazing. That's good. So in in all the the times that you've been following them around the country, um, has there been a is there or is there a particular ground that you don't like going to or you fear going to? Ooh, um I'm not too sure. I oh actually no. I went to Millwall in okay. in twenty one. Yeah. And that was unlike any ground I've ever been to before. I've got an enormous amount of respect and uh, for Millwall, for the, just the intimidation that they posed when we went there. We went there on the coach, which yeah. was possibly the wisest decision I've ever done when going to an away game before, because we got there and this it's just like it's like a normal I don't know, there's like a car mending place over the road and there's you know, it's just, it's just like a normal street really. But then literally as we're pulling through you've got this like Peaky Blinders-esque sort of street sort of going into the ground. There's like barbed <laughs> wire around on the fences and literally every single person stood outside the coach is all looking at us as they go in, like literally dead straight face, staring directly at you. It's just like, whoa, where the hell have we come? This is insane, this is. So we pull in and then we just like hear this banging outside and thinking like, who is that? It's just like, it's like on the fences outside the um uh outside the car parking space is just like some Millwall fans just, you know trying to get at us and stuff like that not really like aggressively but just sort of like rhythmically just sort of beating against the um steel fence pretty much just like trying to and <laughs> intimidate us a bit more i got yeah. in there and looked over the stadium and was thinking oh, this is a pretty normal stadium but i honestly their fans were at us all game it was amazing i was just sort of in awe of them by the end we lost 3-1 we didn't play particularly well. We scored a great goal though through Dini. Um, yeah. But yeah, they were just, the, even the team looks intimidating. They were bigger, stronger, faster. I was just like, <clears throat> I mean, I hated it, but I was quite, I liked hating it at the same time. It was like, wow, this is, I've never been to a ground like this before. This is like when you go to like those, I don't know, when you go to like those turkey teams or something like that, they've just got like the flares going off and the bouncing around all the time. Just like, this is, this is actually insane. I can't believe my yeah. football match right now. It's like, oh, I was insane. It was really good. I really liked them, really. <laughs> okay, so it was. Imp- it was. Imp- it sounds impressive. So, there were the, the intimidation sort of carried on throughout the game. Yeah, because they did that. They do that really annoying Millwall chance as well. They just go Mill, <laughs> and that really annoyed me. But I was again, I was kind of just like, I kind of respect them for it though, because it's like you, you can feel intimidated by them, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, really is there. And I guess where you go in, because obviously it's well documented, isn't it? You know what Millwall are like, or the reputation that they have. So were you sort of anxious on the way before getting there? No, actually, I was. I was expecting like I don't know. I'm always quite. I never imagine things to be as bad as they are, really. But getting there, I was like, whoa, this is really surprising. This is. But on the way down. I don't know, I wasn't really thinking about it too much. I was thinking it'd be a bit like the Blues because, I mean, the, around the area around the Blues is that small leaf. That's not very nice, travelling up there on a weeknight or whatever it is. But, I mean, that was 
it was pretty similar, but it was just the intimidation that the fans gave off. It was like that they were they would go into that game to intimidate us. Like I go to the games mainly just to watch the football, but them yeah. fans, all of the fans that were pretty much there were just <clears throat> all thinking about us and I was like, Fair play. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's incre that's incredible. <laughs> what about the the flip side then? Is there a stadium that you've been to perhaps when you're in the Premier League? Mm. Where you thought, you know, bloody hell, this is incredible. This is fantastic. I would fancy coming here more often. I, I think in terms of stadiums, Fulham is definitely up there. Fulham yeah. have like a really nice looking stadium, as is Carrow Road, to be honest. Um, I'm not too sure in terms of like in terms of like fans as well, though, that have been like pretty decent uh, support base. I, I'd say like Middlesbrough, they've got a decent stadium and decent fans as well. Um, Rotherham as well. I quite like Rotherham Stadium, uh, the New York Stadium. Uh, they've got a decent fan base as well. Um, and they beat us 2-0 the last time we went there, so that was really embarrassing. We were absolutely <laughs> shocking that day. Um, but yeah, I think like the fans really, like when you can you can see that they're decent folk. I think that's always like a good, knowing that it's going to be a good day. You know, you could have a bit of a, you can rib them a bit, you know, you can have yeah. a bit of back and forth. Um but I quite like the opposite as well. When you go to a stadium and you feel intimidated like Millwall or I don't know, even like a Luton perhaps, it's just kind of like you, you feel like you're in for it here, but you kind of like the yeah. idea of feeling a bit like a, a cage animal at the time, really. Because, I mean, like Lucy, you say you're a Luton fan yourself. Um, when I went there at the start of the season, it's just like it was so cramped and so claustrophobic. It was That was another stadium I'd never been to before in terms of like you, you go up through the steps and out through the back and everything you got the houses yeah. along to the side of you it's like yeah this is weird but i quite like it at the same time it was a bit strange that one was yeah i, I, I know what you mean it's away days i, I sometimes liken it it's, you're almost like invaders aren't you in mm. you know an opposition's town and you 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 sort of taken over that town aren't you so there is something definitely to be said for like you said a bit of banter a bit of intimidation but that makes it all the, all the more sweeter when you do <laughs> yeah take true. the take the three points although i know that might not be happening very often for you guys at the moment <laughs> a point is at the best at the moment so. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have um does a is there a a particular result or game come to mind when you think about traveling away have you got like a favorite game from the past that you thought yeah it was it was really special to be there for that yeah, there's been loads, really. I can't really think of them off the top of my head. But there was the, uh, I, I would say, the the one nil away at Charlton when Jude Bellingham scored his second goal for us. That was literally right in front of me as well. I remember it. he got pulled across to him and he just shut in at the back post and whipped it in. I mean, that was insane. That was It was just the, the atmosphere around that afterwards was like, wow, that could be like the, the birth of a superstar, that really. Because, and obviously yeah. it was in the end. Um, but we were there for his very first goal against Stoke at home, and that felt like a kind of like a one-off. Really, we'd seen, um, we, we'd seen you know young players come on and score on their debuts, but to do it again, literally the game afterwards and away and play really good as well, it was like that 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 doesn't happen often. That does. So when he did score, like the whole, like again, like when Blues fans celebrate, sometimes those amazingly important goals, they just sort of lose function of their bodies really and they just sort of <laughs> collapse on top of you i remember um the home game against leeds in that crazy fourth uh five four win for that for them 
when we equalised to make it four all, my brother literally he was just in such an amazing shock that he just he collapsed on top of me. He's just like, I can't believe this has happened, and he had to sit <laughs> down throughout the rest of the game because his body had just gone to like jelly. And then they still go and win it as well. So it's just like, honestly, I feel like when we do score those really important goals, everybody just goes oh, and just like collapses everywhere. I just can't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> So what was that like then? Let's let's talk about Bellingham because that's quite interesting, isn't it? Like you said, that is maybe maybe a one-off moment. You yeah. know, I, I guess it's unlikely that you you'll ever see anything like that again when you're supporting Birmingham in in your lifetime because he was he was that special, wasn't he? Yeah, people who um, went to the games in the seventies said he was like another Trevor Francis. Really, I feel right. like it's going to be a long time until we see another player come through the ranks like that. Really, at the Blues, um, he was. Yeah, he was sensational. I mean, he was 16 years old when he was at us. Um, and he had a very... He he looked like a professional footballer the second he stepped on the pitch, really. I spoke with Mark oh. Dodds, who um, was his uh, youth coach, academy coach, actually, sorry, um, when he was at the Blues. And he just always said he was very mature for his age, which you can sort of see in his personality and the way that he plays. He's He's got a very wide-eyed expression. He's very much taking in everything that's around him. I feel like that's kind of like the, that's the person he is. And we respect him still to this day. I know that Villa fans still don't respect Jack Grealish because they're idiots. Um, mm. <laughs> but we respect him for the player that he was. You know, he was, he was a Blues fan and he was, he, he was a great player. And he really, he just, I think he was the person really that came out of it that we liked the most. It was like, oh, we've seen these amazing players come through before at the Blues. But for him to be such a likable person and such a intelligent kid, it's like you can really get behind this guy. He was really, he was, he felt really approachable. It's like say that we've got Jude Bellingham in our team. It was just like it was, it was proud. It was really proud of having him in the team. It was great. Yeah, <clears throat> sounds almost similar a bit to like when Rooney was coming through at Everton and scoring mm. that goal, and he was very much a, a man, wasn't he? At age sixteen playing yeah. that, that maturity as well if you like beyond his beyond I his saw um, I saw a video of him on Twitter uh 18 year old Wayne Rooney at the 2004 Euros before coming on and just thinking wow like he looked amazing for that age really so you do get a sense of pride in those players don't you when you've got people like Rooney in your team and people like Bellingham in your team and when you, in the minute going back to that goal against Charlton it was just like it it, it felt amazing really to think that you know, he's our player and this is a Birmingham City fan as well. It was just, it felt really yeah. amazing, really, just to be like, you know, this is this, this is us, really. <laughs> yeah, that's great. But I guess also with that is the fact that you're unlikely to be able to hold on to him for, yeah. for too long. He didn't play a huge amount of games, did he, for Birmingham before moving? I think it was less than 40 in the end, um, which obviously is still quite impressive, but still... Um, yeah, we, we we kind of resided to the fact I think midway through the season that we were gonna uh we were gonna be selling him. We were kinda of like that with Adams. I mean Adams the season before, I mean he scored twenty two goals. He just he was like a just about a machine really. Um yeah, I feel like with Bellingham though, it was even more like we were so if it's towards the end of the season really when we thought we were gonna lose Adams, when we were gonna lose Bellingham it was like midway through the season because he was talked about everywhere like literally mm. everywhere it was like yeah this is this is going to be a star this is he's a an amazing player 
And where does he rank then in terms of the best players that you've seen play for Birmingham? He must be fairly high up, but I'm just thinking of back back to those Premier League days as well where... Mm. Yeah, I don't know actually, because he was great for us, but he wasn't as good as he is now. Because if, if we still had him now, and he was the player that he is, he would be the best player that ever was at the Blues, 100%. But because yeah. he was so young, it was difficult to see where he sort of ranks. Um, I mean, I always have a favourite in Mikael Forsell, um, right? Finnish striker. Um, he, he was he, he was pretty much my first proper favourite Blues player. He was the reason I liked the number nine so much because he was the number nine big striker, a talisman, great striker in his day as well. It just feels like injuries probably ruined him a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I saw him a couple of times at the Blues. Never really. Um, Never went to an away game within there, so that was a bit of a shame. Um, but yeah, I feel like that was probably my favourite Blues player. I don't know about the best Blues player though I've ever seen. It's tricky to think that one is. I'm trying to think. Was were you there then when Dugary was about? No, that was a tiny bit before me. That was okay. Was my first, my first ever game was in two thousand and six on Boxing Day against QPR at home. Matthew Upson scored a terrific header right in front of us. Um, so Dugri, I think, left the season before, maybe a season afterwards or something like that. Right. Um, yeah, I wish I'd have been able to see him. He, he was probably the best technically gifted player at the club. Um, I feel like... I think like somebody like Alexander Clare probably is up there in terms of that, just because of the, the the technique and the, the status that he held as well. I feel like he could probably be up there as like, the best player I've ever seen at the Blues. But in fi- I think in terms of... like. Performance-wise, I'd have to go with someone like Adams, just because of the goals and the the reputation that he upheld in that season. I think like I'm going to have to have to go with Adams as the best yeah. player I've seen of the Blues. I forgot uh, Clebber even played for Birmingham. To be mm. honest, he was only there for um, half a season, uh, and that was when we got relegated. He wasn't in the Carling Cup team, uh, which actually I, I did go to that Carling Cup final. Uh, that is probably the best away day I've been to actually. <laughs> Yeah, so let's talk about that. Was that at Wembley? It was, yes. Um, 2011, we won 2-1. Um, it was uh, it's 12 years ago now, which is really scary to think <laughs> how yeah. far we've dropped off since then. <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, we. I mean, on, on that day, it was... I, I honestly felt like we'd already won the final. And that's a really strange thing to say, but I kind of felt like I'd seen it before. Which is weird to think, but I was travelling down to Wembley and we parked on one of my dad's friend's uh, mate's drive so we didn't have to find parking around Wembley. Okay. Because we knew it was going to be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> a useful contact to have. Yeah, massively, yeah. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty quick journey out of the city as well. But yeah, it was. we saw the Wembley art coming in, um, got in and then I think we were, we were like top tier towards the back as well so like me and my brother being like eight and four at the time we just got in it was like the height of the stadium just took us away it was just like oh my god i've not been up this height before this is insane this is yeah <laughs> um and then obviously the build-ups of the game was fantastic we had these we had these balloons that had like the names unraveled down afterwards to sort of show the starting lineups I really remember that actually. So they they sort of let go of these balloons and they held onto these bits of material and it went up like that and it said like Foster twenty six in goal to Stephen Carr. It was like 
it's like a sort of a showing of like how the lineups were before the game. So, what, what, what was people on the pitch were doing that? Yeah, right before the game. Yeah, they had like these um, Arsenal and Blues badges on the pitches as well, and they rolled out the uh, material, the red and white for Arsenal, and the blue and white for the Blues. Yeah, and then to win the final as well was just even more insane. I mean, like I still remember the goal in terms of like thinking it was just like a normal kick forward. And I was saw it, I was sat down at the time. I was sat looking at it between two blokes' legs. Literally, I was literally like, "This is going to extra time." And I was sort of resigned to the fact that it was then. But then, as I see like the ball rolls across the Martins, and he just taps it in, I'm immediately thinking, "That's not right. That's not a normal goal to score." And I'm looking round to see if the flag's gone up, and nothing's gone up. So I didn't really celebrate the goal in the way. It's just like the biggest goal I've ever seen from my club, and I didn't even properly celebrate it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but best believe I definitely celebrated the final whistle like a madman. It was insane. That was I just, I mean, everybody just, again, it's like that feeling of when like, um, when you score and the Blues fans, they just sort of collapse into shock of it all. Again, there was another bloke who just come rolling, <laughs> crowd surfing down the top of us <laughs> when we scored that goal. It was just that, that was obviously the best moment of my life. That one, that final whistle was just it was so emotional. It was amazing. And, yeah, I couldn't really believe what had happened. Really, it was I don't think anybody could as well. And <laughs> That's the reason I imagine there was a, a large Birmingham following that day. Yeah, I think it was about forty-five thousand at the time who went there. Maybe a bit less because uh, it'd be they get about forty-five for Arsenal as well. But we took loads. We absolutely fucking filled that stadium house. Yeah, and you and you mentioned that was the same season then that you got relegated. It was yes, we um. We had a lot of injuries afterwards, but ridiculously as well. We obviously we got the injuries. We couldn't really. We ran out of steam. We played quite a lot of games that season anyway. Um, but then after we won the Carling Cup, our owners um, decided to give everybody a pay rise. Right. So they gave Nicola Zigic about fifty thousand pounds a week, and then we got relegated and couldn't sell him. <laughs> so yeah, we were then spending the next four years, or just short of four years, trying to pay him off, and. It nearly got us relegated in 2014. Thank God we managed to stay up on that last day against Bolton. Unfortunately, I wasn't there at the time. Um, but that was insane as well. Just trying to really rack our heads around the fact that we'd gone from winning the Carling Cup in 2011, got relegated in, the, in a few months' time. Then the next day, our owners got released, um, exposed for being bankrupt and money launderers. Then McLeish goes to the Villa. Then we're playing the Europa League in the Championship. We then get to the semi-finals of the playoffs. We reach the quarter-finals of the FA Cup that season as well. And then for the <laughs> after that, nothing but relegation battles. <laughs> it's just like it couldn't gone from like a, a greater position to being in a, the worse position. It was, it's insane. It really. Yeah, is. it sounds like a chaotic couple of years. And and to be fair, those chaotic years were fun. But they're not chaotic anymore. They're kind of destructive almost. They don't really yeah. feel like anything. And that's where, I, that's where I feel like that apathetic, dry feeling around the club is here at the moment. So those away games that were once so special. I mean, we won against Leeds, who in 2018 were top of the league and hadn't lost a game that all season. And we went there, not winning a game all season. We won 2-1. Jay Adams scored two goals. It was like... Yeah, there we go. It was an insane day as well. People casting yeah. over the top of me, singing and everything. It's like that was great. Nowadays, though, there isn't that feeling around it. Mm. And what was because Zigic, he, he dug his feet in, didn't he? Pretty much. 
he, uh, from an outside, it looked like. But he, I mean, he scored. He scored in that game at Bolton. Am I right in thinking that he did? And he scored in the cup final too. He scored some amazingly important goals for us. Um, I mean, that goal was the goal that got us straight back into it because we'd gone two 0 down. Lukas Djukovic, who actually plays for us now, scored the second goal for us. So he could have actually sent us down. <laughs> had yeah. Not, had, it, had Paul Caddis not scored that equaliser. But he was a great player, Nicolas Igic. He just, he just probably was at the wrong time in the end, which is such a disappointment because he's probably one of our most important players ever, really, in terms of the goals that he scored. Yeah, but he was, he was, it was well again, well documented, wasn't it? He was getting paid a wedge, mm. basically. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't blame him if I got off his money and then the owners decided to then suddenly were bankrupt. I'd be like, well, I'm I'm getting paid this money, so unless somebody's going to come and pay it me again, then. I'm not going, you know, it's your own stupid fault, really. <laughs> and it was, to be fair. I just feel like yeah. on the fans' side of things, he probably could have gone, oh, I'll just leave this summer. But there again, his contract was like about four years and he, he retired after his contract was up as well. <laughs> I bet he did. Yeah. <laughs> got money for, money for life, hasn't he? Oh, absolutely. He's minted, I bet you. <laughs> so what was that then? Obviously, you mentioned you got relegated, which must have been really difficult, particularly given that you've won a cup final, that's a, a range of different emotions, isn't it? Mm. One extreme to the other. What was it like playing in the Europa League while being a, a championship team? Who Was it was that the time where the Europa League was like a group stage? It was, yes. Um, we had to play a, um, what is it? A, it's like a knockout game before we get into the... Oh, like a qualifier. That's it, yeah. We played Nacional, though. I think they're a Portuguese side. Um, and we drew the first game 0-0. It was... Um, away goals as well so if we got a goal it would have made it certainly been better but then we played the home game and we won 3-0 and that was probably the best night at St Andrews that one was I mean we'd won the semi-final at uh, West Ham I mean that's that might actually be a little bit better actually now that I think of it that definitely is up there because we were so good and considering we were a championship side at the time as well hmm I mean, we never thought we could even even perform that well. So then go into the Europa League and finish third, only a point off going through to the knockout stages. I mean, like, again, that was a championship side. Some Premier League sides can't even get through the Europa League group stage. And, like, we, we were, we weren't even that very good championship side, to be quite honest. <laughs> we, we finished fourth that season, but it was only because we were absolute, we had some absolute warriors in the team like Burke and Chris Woods and Nathan Redmond who were just like willing to die for the team that season you could yeah. just see it on their faces they were like we're going to work so hard this season try to get anything and we did we finished fourth couldn't quite get into the Premier League we couldn't beat Blackpool but we played about 60 games that season it was quite remarkable really mm. so what teams were in the Europa League group did you we get some were in the group with Braga, Bruges and Maribor. I think two of the I think Bruges and Bra well no Bruges are Belgian, aren't they? Yeah. Braga are Portuguese. And I think Maribor are like I'm not so sure where Maribor are from. They might be like Romania or something. Romania, I think something like that, yeah. Mm. Eastern Europe. So not not the most exciting group, I guess. <laughs> we didn't get like a Porto or somebody like that. No, hoping for bigger and better things, aren't you, than that? And really disappointingly, I'd have absolutely have loved to have gone to those away games. But worst of all, they were midweek games and I was still in school at the time. And obviously, we definitely didn't have the money to fly out to Belgium to go and watch the Blues. But that would have been fantastic. But watching them on the telly was just as good because that was... It felt like an away day, even watching it on the telly. It was like 
prepping yourselves and getting sure that you've got everything before you go and everything. It was really, yeah. Fun. It was a surreal feeling. It really was. Yeah. Okay. And then thinking, then obviously we've had a little chat there about some good experiences, some positive results. Mm. Can you think of any away days where? You know, it's the opposite. It's been a really bad day, a terrible result. You don't want to go back there. I would say, that in terms of like some terrible results, it's a bit difficult trying to think of like the worst possible day that's ever happened at the Blues. Um, well, because there's so many, I mean. <laughs> they are a lot. <laughs> um, obviously, the one that stands out in the most recent times is the 6-1 defeat to Blackpool last season. Um, but we'd had quite a decent uh, decent day beforehand. We went to the Pleasure Beach and everything and um, went up to the Blackpool Tower. So the day was actually all right. Uh, yeah. But then the game was just absolutely shocking. It was so embarrassing. We were awful. We were 3-0 down at halftime. And then obviously to go and lose 6-1 was just ridiculous. I mean, it should have been 6-0 really. The goal we scored was so scrappy. It was ridiculous. But yeah, it was a really um, bitter time around the club. Everybody hated each other. Uh, in the oh, team, it's just it kind of felt like the end for everything at that point. It felt like, yeah, next season's just going to be absolutely terrible. Which a miracle it hasn't been really, because if it, <laughs> if it was a disaster, I feel like most people would have just gone, yeah, I'm not interested in the Blues anymore. This is too much t- too much effort for such little reward, really. <laughs> I think the worst all round day, I'd say, it would be the most recent. I'd, I'd say. Burnley away, we lost 3-0, it was raining, we had no chances on goal. I mean, Burnley absolutely tore us to shreds, I knew they were going to win as well, but the atmosphere was flat, everybody was sort of resided to the fact that we were going to lose. That was a really bad day, that was, I remember that now, because I'd had a bit of a shit day before, and um, and then going to the game in the evening, it was just, oh, for goodness sake, we've been absolutely terrible. (laughs) We lost again, it's just like, yeah, it was terrible nights it was awful i didn't like it at all <laughs> but i quite like this <laughs> ground though it was interesting but yeah the game was terrible atmosphere was terrible the, yeah the weather was terrible it was cold yeah didn't like that day at all yeah i, I quite like burnley's ground actually mm. i i like yeah. most of the people's grounds to be honest it's it's really fascinating going around and everything the only thing that i didn't like most recently was watford away i mean they're it looks great and the stadium's great and everything but their kiosk and their well the, everything else is like the, uh, the way the refreshments bar is it's like it's it's so cramped it's so tight i don't know i don't even know why i don't really know why hmm. it was so tight and literally there was the there was the um the kiosk was there with all the drinks and the refreshments and everything and then literally to the left of it was the women's toilets i was like queuing outside the women's toilets going on there? <laughs> I felt really uncomfortable that dude. I was like, sorry, I'm going to just have to sneak past you. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Hearing some woman on the toilet while oh, you wait, God, wait, no. wait for your chips. <laughs> I think I've lost my appetite now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, so then thinking about the um, future, do you have any aspirations what are i know you said it, it's it's pretty flat at the moment is there a, a point that you'd like birmingham to get back to in terms of you know away days is there grounds that you would really love to get to yeah i think um i mean obviously i'd love to get back into the premier league then you've got the pick of the every great premier league team in the world and um but i think some 
reasonable aspirations would be to get somebody away in the cup or something like that because we had West Ham away in the FA Cup under Gary Monk and yeah. that was a great journey down that was we didn't win the game but stadium was great we travelled down on the coach that uh, that early morning um, we played pretty well atmosphere was great um, it was a new experience new ground I'd been to so I, I'd quite like something like that I'd quite like um, an away away game to Man United or somebody in the cup Um or like a city or an arsenal or somebody like that um and eventually i would like to go and actually watch the blues play against the villa away because i've still not been to the away game yet um yeah i was I was just going to ask have you been um you, see, you haven't managed to get to an away derby yet i've been to the albion before um, right not the so what's that what's that like in terms of and um, did you say and wolves no not wolves uh strangely enough i actually have been to a wolves game just not the Blues, though, I went with my mate um, back in oh, 2013, I want to say. Right. Um, they were in League One at the time, which is really embarrassing for us, considering we're now the worst team in the Midlands. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so what, what I was going to ask is, how how do those ri- rivalries compare? So obviously, the... it, you know, Birmingham Villa is obviously huge, isn't it? Mm. So what are your feelings then towards, you know, the, the teams on the, the outskirts, if you like, the West Broms, the Wolves? Yeah, I mean, I don't really dislike Wolves that much, mainly because of my mate who was, um, I went to that day. I was kind of like, I quite like Wolves in a weird way. I mean, I don't, I definitely don't like them at the same time because when I see them doing well in the Premier League or making the Europa League quarterfinals as they did in like, 2020 season, I was like, come on, Sevilla, just win. I don't need them winning a major trophy like this. Um, yeah. So I quite like Wolves. I really don't like West Brom. I don't know why. I just they, they bore me for some reason. I always think if you support West Brom, you don't like football. So it's just like one of those things where I look at them and think, I don't understand like the. I don't understand how they can get excited about sporting West Brom. I can understand it with Villa because obviously they've got a big history and a massive ground and unique kit and everything with that Claris and blue. Like with West Brom, like navy and white stripes. It's just boring, isn't it? <laughs> Going to a dull stadium and everything. I don't know. I don't like West Brom at all. <laughs> kind of respect the Villa at times more than West Brom, but I don't know. It's just one of those weird things. And I was glad to have finally beaten them away when we beat them 3-2. I mean, that was an insane night. That was everybody was going crazy because we hadn't beat um, we hadn't beat a rival properly until like... um. Well, we we'd beaten Wolves, but we we haven't beaten Villa since two thousand and eleven, and we we hadn't even beat them away since two thousand. We hadn't even scored away actually since two thousand and four. I don't think. Bloody hell! So, so we it was like we we just to score when obviously I didn't go to the away game when we lost four two, but when we finally scored against them away, and we took the lead against them, it was like oh finally like this is <laughs> finally going to be the day we beat them, but still they managed to be. It's just that lucky bastards they are, honestly. And they pull it round and win 4 2. Um, but yeah, I kind of felt like we'd never properly see us win again in a derby like that. But to do the double over the Albion this year has been insane because, I mean, they've been so bad. It's hilarious, really. Like, they're still in the playoff areas as well. Like, and they're doing pretty all right. But they were shocking both times we played them this season. Yeah, Awful. they've picked up a bit of form, haven't they? Mm. Not entirely sure how they have, though. <laughs> okay so aspirations to get to a to villa park for an away day mm. derby have have you have you been at a game a derby at home uh blues villa at home yeah i have yeah um if i try and remember them all um i went to, to sorry i'm actually i'm having to count these on my fingers at the moment <laughs> um 
yeah, I've been to four Blues Villa games. Uh, the very first one I went to, we lost 1-0 at home. Uh, Gabby Agbonlahore scored in the last minute. Um, oh, right yeah. in front of us. Awful, awful feeling that was. Because we'd been fairly in the game as well. I mean, the Villa were the better side, really, because they were Martin O'Neill team. Um, but I felt like when that Agbonlahore goal went in, it was like, oh, no, not him. It could have been like yeah. John Carew or Ashley Young or anybody. It just had to be Agbonlahore. And even like in even years later when we um, play them again in the championship away for the first time, he still scores. He's <laughs> always scoring against us. Um, and then he even scored in the Carling Cup game as well, where we um, we, we do beat them. We beat them 2-1. I was at that game. Uh, we took the lead through Larson. We should have had a second goal. The ball clearly went over the line. Uh, the linesman didn't see it. They run up the other end and score, equalised 1-1. Gabby bond the horse just like, oh, typical isn't it we should have had a goal at the other end they run down the other end and score with a bond the horse it's just like it's just typical blues honestly but then what wasn't <laughs> typical blues was then to go win the game and then win the carling cup as well which was <laughs> insane really yeah um and then i've seen them play two more times um we drew nil nil with them in under steve cottrell we really should have won that game we had so many chances that day i mean they had a few chances but we definitely should have had the we should we should have won that game easily um and then we lost them 1-0 in 2019 where jack Grealish got punched on the pitch went to oh, that yeah. game as well and um yeah the not to bring the podcast down a little bit but the guy who actually punched jack Grealish has died recently um so that was quite surprising to see that on twitter yeah i saw that this week there's a, a few accounts haven't they sort of tweeted um r.i.p etc and you know they're coming for a bit of stick obviously it's never nice when somebody mm. dies but certainly also don't want to condone what he did to, yeah. to Grealish how how so how how did that fit with you and the wider Birmingham fans when because it's your rivals isn't that isn't it yeah. but I guess again from an outside perspective it's probably quite embarrassing for for Birmingham fans that that incident it's a strange one, it really is, because obviously we strongly still dislike Jack Grealish. You know, we still think yeah. he's a dive and a, a cheat and everything. I mean, he's a decent guy, but, you know, on the football pitch, he's a, a cheat, like I say. And obviously a Villa fan as well, so that doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was odd at the time. I remember, I remember seeing him run down from the steps onto the pitch and thinking, oh, he's just going to like pretend to like run up to him and you know have a joke about with him. But then to see him punch him, or at least at the time, actually, when I first saw it, it sort of it came slowly to me afterwards. They punched him. I thought he pushed him at the first time. I thought he just like done that with both of his hands. Yeah. Um, but then, sort of looking around at everybody else's facial expressions, I mean, there was obviously the ones behind the goal. Uh, they were sort of cheering him off, which I could sort of see the funny side of that. Really, he's just gone on a physically assaulted somebody and <laughs> cheer him <laughs> off. <laughs> that's that's quite funny. Um, but yeah, then I suddenly realised, oh, he has punched him. But even then, I was kind of like, oh, you know what? It's, he's he's fine. He's back on his feet, you know. And he'd obviously gone and got the bloody winner as well. I mean, like, how typical is that? Yeah. When I say typical, typical blues, it's always stuff like that. We do something like that, and then they go and better us afterwards. It's just, oh, piss off, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I got back, obviously feeling like shit, really, that we've lost another derby, and they went on, got promoted, and we finished terribly, and they've... It's just like we've gone like opposite ever since we've they've gone up and done better things. They've got Uno Emery for God's sake as their manager, and we're just like 
scrapping down the bottom of the championship again. Um, so I kind of felt like that was just inevitable at the time when we lost that game. But then getting back in and just like my phone was just blowing up. It was like, were you at the game? Were you at the game? Will this and it was on the news and everything. It was just like, wow. Yeah. It's like that really did. It was amazing. It was, it, mainly because I was in sort of blues villain mode, perhaps. And I suddenly just realized, fuck yeah, he did. He ran on the pitch and punched somebody on the pitch. It's <laughs> like, that is a massive piece of news, isn't it? And obviously everybody was like, when they were watching it away from the game, obviously, because I was thinking, oh, game, just get back on, you know. But everybody off the pitch and behind the cameras and people at Sky and everybody, they're all thinking like, game's going to have to get abandoned. This is like insane. This is, but it's just like, it's Blues Villa. Like there's been crazier things as well that have happened before between us and them. And like, I mean, like when we won in that Carling Cup game, we just stormed the pitch afterwards and started throwing flares into their end. And they started ripping up our seats and throwing them at us as well. It's just like, <laughs> Fuck it we are proper rivals. And I feel like that's been sort of, um, obviously that was the last time we played them but there's been like so many incidents where people have just gone overboard really with that rivalry because we do really hate each other obviously we don't hate each other as much as like Celtic or Rangers or stuff like that because obviously yeah. you, you go to like Glasgow and there's people there who still won't give it up with the fact that somebody sports Rangers or somebody sports Celtic at the workplace or something but obviously I've been with kids I was, I've been to schools with kids at Sport Villa in my class and spoke to them and had decent friendships with them but when it comes to that derby day it's like it is like a it's like a battle almost and whoever can win in anything means anything really so like that's why i always wanted to go to that away game because it'd just be like it, it would just feel like the most intimidated i'd ever feel in my life and i would absolutely love it as well just like going yeah. in there knowing that everybody's looking at you and everybody's trying to make you feel intimidated it's like yeah now this is this is proper football this is this is how it feels this is how it meant to feel this is... yeah yeah <laughs> would be incredible well I'm, i'll cross my fingers that you get to go to one of those games in the future fingers crossed i really do <laughs> and i think that's that's quite a, a nice way to end it as well so thanks very much for coming on and sharing your experiences it's been really interesting um listening to to you and as i said i hopefully hopefully things start to improve for, for birmingham fans moving forwards thank you very much really appreciate it Thank you.